Angela Fazio is an industry powerhouse who has overseen 40,000 homes sold and 9 billion in production. And Kristen Cantrell is one of the nation's most accomplished team leaders, helping thousands of agents build their businesses. They are passionate about educating, encouraging, and empowering moms in real estate. Our next episode starts now. Hey everyone, I'm Angela Fazio. Welcome to Moms in Real Estate. And I'm Kristen Cantrell. And today our guest is Serena Conti out of Northern California. I'm so excited about today. We are going to be talking all over the map. We're going to be talking about luxury real estate. We're going to be talking about getting rid of people pleasing. We're going to be talking about being a, a mom who jacks things up sometimes. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> so Serena, thank you so much for being a guest. Why don't you get, start, get us started and tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me this morning. It's really a pleasure to meet you both and an honor to be on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Santa Barbara. Um, so kind of, I guess, central Southern California. Central. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, Southern. <laughs> that's, like the, that's the big joke. It's like everybody- Investing it all up. <laughs> we, all think, we all think that we're SoCal. Um, and uh, I went to school at Cal Poly and then um, grad school at Texas A&M. And after grad school, I got a job in um, the city, San Francisco, uh, as an investment banking analyst. Um, and so we brokered really large construction loans, like shopping malls and things like that. Um, and I really enjoyed that position a lot. However, it's very much like a man's world. Mm -hmm. um, and at a certain point, I just felt that I probably wasn't going to reach my highest potential. And I decided to make a career pivot, which is when I got into real estate. And um, I've been in real estate about a decade. It has been a very kind career to me. Um, it's challenging, but in all the ways that I enjoy it to be challenging. And uh, one of the really wonderful parts about it is that I've been able to just grow my friend group, right? Clients become friends and they become neighbors. And, you know, you walk downtown and you kind of know everybody. Um, and that's, I feel like that's hard in our generation now. So mm -hmm. really, really that is such a beautiful description of like what real estate does for people yeah. because it is true like it feels so good to walk somewhere local and like all of a sudden you're like I just ran into five people that's like my favorite day is when I get to do that so I love that description I also love the way she said that it's been kind to you I've never heard know, anybody say ever ruling yeah <laughs> make me crazy you know all of these other descriptors or rewarding or whatever but never kind that's yeah. a really that's a cool description yeah, I just, I feel like I'm able to, I, it, it highlights my best assets, right? Like mm -hmm. there's definitely a lot of growth and there's very hard days, but, um, all the things that I excel at and the places that I want to grow, um, it's helped me achieve those and grow in those areas. And you've been in the business for 10 years. Am I right? Yep. And you still feel that way. So uh, it is definitely a great fit for you. So, and let's actually sit on that for a minute. Cause you've been in the business 10 years and then your kids are really little. So you had an established business in real estate before you had kids. And I feel like that is actually not, that's not that common. Most of the time we talk to people that get into real estate after they have kids. Mm -hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit about that experience. Again, I think that was definitely a benefit because I was able to put in when you're when you're starting real estate, it's just a lot of time, right? Mm -hmm. You don't know what works for you. You're trying to kind of figure out who you are in this business. You're also trying to figure out the business. Um, and you're making contacts, you're making mistakes, um, and you're learning a lot. And you have to put in time, right? It's all those open houses where sometimes not a lot of people show up or you feel like you've wasted a lot of time. And when you have little kids, <coughs> time is so much more meaningful, right? So 
I was able to have a really established career and be established in our community before I had kids. So that when I had kids, when I started making those like kid contacts and any mom in real estate knows what I'm talking about, like mm -hmm. it really starts coming when you have the kids and you're at drop off and pick up and swim lessons and all that kind of stuff. Um, that accelerated my career even more. Yes, it's challenging because I have littles and they, it, that is a demanding time in your life. Um, but it was great that I was like fully prepared to go at that moment instead of having to like be starting a new career while I'm starting to be a mom. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Well said, you know, one of the things that, um, that I, our audience loves is, you know, you have, I'm just going to tell you she's on zoom and I can feel her optimism through I the know, zoom. It's like so nice. But one of the things that our audience loves to talk about, and I know you've got a couple of really for me, hit home stories about how obstacles can come in the way and how you push through obstacles. There's a couple of examples. And one was when, when your child was really little and you were breastfeeding. And I think I read something about, uh, having to have a partnership break up in the midst of, mm -hmm. did I read that? Am I mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I got to hear more about that because that just hit me right in the gut. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll just give you a little overview of career, um, started in real estate, did very, very well. Uh, and then I had a partnership that was incredibly successful and wonderful and kind of the reason or the impetus of the partnership was that she was going to be retiring. Right. And she wanted a seasoned agent, but also a young agent that could really carry her book of business on for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so we were partners for about two years. She retired you're still close friends. Um, and that, that, that was smooth, right? It was a very clear break and there was great understanding there. Um, and we learned a lot from each other. And after that, I was like, wow, this was so awesome. It was so great to have somebody else in this with me to bounce ideas off of. I mean, sometimes you get really wrapped up in your, your own head in this business. Like, is it me? Like what's happening? And, or is that, or is my client crazy? Um, and, uh, <laughs> That's so true. Right? That like, so true. Am, I, am I crazy or is it them? Um, <laughs> and also just like, you know, uh, real estate's demanding at all hours, right? It's demanding at night. It's demanding during the week. It's demanding on the weekends. And so to have somebody else there so that you can go on a trip or go to a birthday party or, you know, whatever, have a date night once in a while, um, is, is really advantageous. And so I looked in my office for another person to partner with. And, um, as a person, I adore her and love her. We dress the same, we shop at the same places. We like to eat the same food. Um, we laugh at the same jokes. And so we thought that that was a partnership that was going to be fruitful. And through the partnership, um, I realized that we had different goals in mind, right? I was kind of starting, I guess I was on this, you know, upward trajectory of my career and she was more on the downward. Um, and this was also during COVID. And so I think that kind of highlighted some other, you know, just personal things that were going on in both of our lives. Sure. Mm -hmm. And at, and at a certain point I did need to end that partnership. Um, and it was a very, very stressful point in my life. Probably the most stressful. I had a colicky new baby. I mm -hmm. had a young toddler. I had a business that was booming. I was renewing my broker's license. So many were, things. Pumping like six or seven, eight times a day. Mm -hmm. And um, then to end that partnership, it was just, I was very much in like a, I just like have to get through it mode. Right. And there wasn't a lot of like 
Serena space or am I okay space? Um, and now in retrospect, I know I was going through some PBD. Um, so yeah, it was just a lot at one time and it's taken me kind of a bit to recover. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, but we still sit in the same office and, <laughs> and we still are all around the same people. So um, kind of coming full circle, it's been fine, but it was a very high stress time in my life. So, well, and let's talk about postpartum depression yeah, that's <laughs> because <a thing. laughs> you said it so quick. And I, I actually, I was like, wait, what does that mean? Cause I saw that you abbreviated it earlier and I was like, yes. And I feel like so many women suffer from it. They do not realize it. And I feel like it's more than and not. And so I feel like if you want to park on that for a minute and talk about, you know, I think you realized you were going through it afterwards. Yep. That's so how natural. did you realize afterwards and how do you feel like you could have recognized it in the moment? I don't know if I had the bandwidth to recognize it in the moment, right? Cause I had so many other things that I needed to be focusing on. Um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe there's part of me that didn't realize it in the moment, <laughs> right? Because mm -hmm. I'm like, then it would have been another thing to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it, I pumped for 14 months with my second child. And mm -hmm. towards the end, that was kind of the realization of like, what, like why am I still doing this? Um, like, he's healthy. He's perfect. Yes, I have the supply, but like, I could probably, like, I could probably end this journey. Yeah. And um, it was... I realized that I was still doing it because it was part of my connection with him. Um, I'm really, really blessed to have a wonderful, incredibly supportive husband. And so during the first six months of our son's life, I, he really didn't work or he did, he did, he worked like part-time, but he was his primary care. He was a colicky baby. And so I threw myself into work mm -hmm. and didn't see him very much. Mm -hmm. um, so it, yeah, again, in retrospect, um, try actually being, trying to be away from my baby because kind of like feeling like a failure, mm -hmm. uh, the fact that he was always crying. Um, yeah, again, I realized it in retrospect. Uh, yeah. and I, sorry, go ahead. No, I just think that that is so awesome that you just shared that because I think so many people feel that and they feel like they can't talk about it. So I'm really glad that you had the courage to say that just now. I agree. The funny thing is about that. And now that I'm thinking back my first baby, I had a husband I didn't even like, mm -hmm. right. I didn't even like the husband. And I had this baby who was, he cried all the, he cried all the time, wouldn't sleep. And I would, my first hint should have been, I'm not a crier. And I would cry when my husband left the house, mm -hmm. like that should have been my first hint. But you know, when you're in that, you don't pick up these humongous red flags because you're in it. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't even that I didn't want to admit it. I just didn't even see it. Mm -hmm. Like now I'm just this crying person that all of a sudden wants my husband. I don't like to not leave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, doesn't even make any sense. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, so tell us a little bit about, um, you know, now how old are your kids right now? Two and four, two and four. So they're still really young. How do you feel like, you know, now that they're getting a little bit older, how do you feel like things have changed? What have been some like really positive growth moments for you as a mom and as a business owner? Um, so I feel like we're in the golden years with the kids, mm -hmm. right? Like where we've got two potty trained kids who are wonderful, high energy, like, the four-year-old, she's amazing. Like she, 
she's starting to kind of understand domestic rules. I, you know, like the domestication process for humans is long and hard, <laughs> right? Um, but like, you can take her out to eat and it's very fun. Um, you know, she does, she can, she gets herself dressed and ready in the morning, brushes her own teeth, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then my son, um, he's so enjoyable now, right? Like he used to be zero or hundred, either he was crying or laughing. And it usually sometimes happened at the same time or back to back, <laughs> um, which is a bit of an emotional roller coaster. Um, but now he's more on like the, the happy, like he's, he's still zero or hundred, but it's more scaled towards like, I'm always happy. Nice. Uh, and so I feel like we're, we're really able to enjoy them, um, mm-hmm. and spend time as a family, uh, I now have the bandwidth to um, sp- spend like really good quality time with them. Every night, my husband and I switch off. So we do bath time with the kids and then he will either take my son and I will take my daughter or vice versa. And we have what's called special time, which is like one-on-one self-directive play. And um, I can tell that that's like made a huge difference in their lives. And you have a strict no phone from five to seven, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I'm in the middle of a negotiation, right. Um, I just, that was a pretty firm boundary with clients and it's amazing these boundaries that you create, how well clients can follow them when you create Mm -hmm. them and you're like, Oh, why didn't I do this? (laughs) Well, it's because you were a people pleaser before (laughs) you're like, what are they going to do if I can't answer my phone from five to seven? Exactly. They're going to go find somebody else, but not (laughs) not anymore. (laughs) Well, and it makes you wonder, you're like, what other boundaries should I be setting? I know. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in terms of business, you know, last year was kind of like, let's find myself in this business again, as you know, a single agent, I have a full-time assistant who I adore and she's licensed and it's wonderful, but like, let's kind of get all the kinks out. Um, and now because my kids are a little bit older, I have the bandwidth to be like, okay, how can I make this like a well-oiled machine? Mm-hmm. Um, so that we can, okay. I can really, really focus on work, not the machine part, but actually oh, good point. work. Mm-hmm. So actually I would love to ask you, what are some of the systems that you've implemented to do this? Like I want, we want specifics. Yes. Um, most recently I now have a folder in outlook that has pre-written emails in it. Yes. That is a light. That's a Isn't game changer. It so funny? It's like such a simple thing, but it's when it's done, changer. it's like, wow, why didn't I do that before? You know what, you know what else is a game changer? Um, text replacement in your iPhone. Text replacement. Okay. So you go to settings and then you go to general and then you go to keyboard and you can write a long paragraph or a, a, like a link. Like I sent you that disc assessment link in two seconds because I have a text replacement. All I do is type three letters and a whole paragraph will appear or like a whole link will appear. Yeah. It's nice. It's that's a game changer too. Mm -hmm. Hey, thank you for that. That is, that is a gift that I will take. (laughs) (laughs) Little golden nugget. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I've done some questionnaires that are like now very much automated. Um, we have like our marketing plan is pretty cut and clear. Like last year was very much about marketing, uh, Mm -hmm. and how to make sure that that's the the brand and marketing. My assistant knows what to do. And we have our marching orders every single, you know, our daily marching orders. So now it's just more on like the back end. um, of, you know, the emails and, uh, the questionnaires and kind of like the systems, like an onboarding and offboarding process for clients. Uh, So there's two systems, three things I'll tell you that have been really big game changers with what you're working on right now. So Flowdesk, have you ever heard of it? No. 
It is amazing. And exactly what you're doing right now, it's like you can just pre plug in all these different emails that they're called workflows. And literally you build out 12 of them and you can plug your clients into them for post client experience or whatever it is. So that, and then also Trello for kind of just an organizing board and being able to look at like where your client's at and being able to move them. You can use Trello for anything. I Big use events. it most. Yeah, we do yeah. it for events. Like mm-hmm. it's been so amazing to use. Yes, it has been. And then it's duplicatable. So once, yeah. you've, once you've created that, that workflow or that, you know, the, the details in Trello, then all you're doing is plug and play into another application. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you. Okay. (laughs) It's coaching with with Kristen and Angela. I I know it's your, (laughs) I know it's your goal. So I'm like, I can't help it, but like talk about these two things. Well, also I think that our audience needs to realize is this is not a beginner agent that just has sold a few houses. You are a multi, multi, multi multi-million dollar producer. Um, So she shared with us that, you know, she's closed most recently, like a $10.6 million property. And so this is a I, what I'm most excited about your attitude is you have, you are approaching your business with the passion and energy of a, of a brand new agent. Who's just embarking on a journey, but you're 10 years in and you still have that energy and focus to improve yourself. Your mm-hmm. clients must have an incredible experience with you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I hope so. That's the goal. <laughs> also, cause I'm going to see them downtown. So (laughs) totally, that's right. right. So tell us a little bit about people pleasing. Let's go back to that. So I know that that's a goal of yours is to people please less. How has that affected you in the past? And how do you feel like you're going to overcome that? Oh, that's a good question. If I knew the answer to that one, (laughs) the box would be checked, right? Um, I just, I don't know what kind of tipped me off last year, but something in me was said, your no, your negotiations could be stronger if, if people pleasing is getting in the way of your negotiations. Mm-hmm. And I could tell this feeling was bubbling up every time I was on the phone, um, in the middle of a negotiation with another client, or even uh, even with my own clients. Right, that this feeling of I, I for lack of a better word, I want them to like me, um, kept coming up, and I was like, I don't think that's the correct feeling to have here, right? Mm-hmm. In the negotiation, I need to be calm and alert, but I also need to have a goal in mind. And sometimes they don't have to like me, right? I need to be respectful, but they don't have to like me at the end. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yes. Um, I mean, I feel like other agents in our areas are our biggest asset, right? Because we, we really need to have like a very sherry and collective community to it benefits our clients the most. Mm-hmm. Right? So um, I want to maintain really positive relationships with other agents in my community. I don't, I don't want to be a bulldog. And so trying to find that balance of um, I, I have my fiduciary duty to my clients, uh, but I also want to make this a, like a pleasant, somewhat pleasant experience for both of us. Cause we're both walking through maybe something that's challenging together Um and, and that will yield the best outcome, if that makes sense. And- I think, I think I'm, I love your point. And I think that you have, like I said, in the beginning, this amazing demeanor about you. So 
people are going to be drawn to you personally. I think that one of the effective things that I've learned in my battle with people pleasing when I was younger is sometimes voicing it right out loud. Hey, listen, I really respect you and I'm enjoying this, this transaction. And I want you to know, I do respect you. I'm going to push really hard on this point for the sake of my clients, but I just want you to know I am respecting and enjoying this, this really, this professional relationship we're having, but it's coming. I'm about to push, mm-hmm. right? Like almost um, making the other pe- person aware that you respect them. And if it's genuine, authentic and say, it's coming, mm-hmm. brace yourself. Cause I'm going to be a little bit of a bulldog on this point, mm-hmm. right? Not toward you. And that's helpful too. It's helpful for you to be able to, to um, confidently have that conversation. And it also, whether they receive it well or not is not your problem. You've delivered it well. Yeah. That's great. That's really great advice. Thank you. Yes. You're going to get, you're going to become even better because that's going to be top of your mind. And I think that is a huge problem for so many people. And it doesn't just get in the way of business. It's, I think it's wise of you to, to recognize that possibly that's happening in your business. But the thing that I also see is it gets rid of relationship building. It gets in the way of relationship building. Mm -hmm. So I don't want you to be upset. So I'm not going to say something potentially hard to you, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to hold it back. And so what I've just done is stunted the relationship. Mm Right. And so once you wrap your mind around that concept, you're more prone to push through that uncomfortable feeling of saying what you know they might not like to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's a great point. Yeah. I love your journey. I do too. Yep. I think it's so great. So why don't we wrap it up and tell us a little bit about um give maybe give like three pieces of advice that you would give to somebody listening to us right now or somebody that maybe is getting into real estate or somebody that's struggling in real estate, if you have any advice for them, what would you say? Oh, definitely. Number one is be consistent, right? And like, like, even if you don't have something to do, show up to the office every day, stay, create, like create your own business. And I did a lot of that in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, I even do now, if there's like a really great house that I, I feel has a lot of value, right? I always tell clients, buy what you can't change, lot size, location, and future flexibility, right? Mm -hmm. And if I find one of those, I have a make a client day where I go and like, I call people and I email people like, Hey, do you have a friend who's wanting to move to Burlingame? Like, this is really great off marketplace that I know of. Wow, Uh, that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it has worked. Mm -hmm. I would say it probably works once a year. It's a lot of energy, but make a client day. Um, So be consistent. Uh, show up, do the things that you know you need to do. Um, one, I, I think I mentioned it in my questionnaire, like come from a place of, of gratitude and curiosity. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, pe- people can really tell when you're coming from a place of me, me, me. And mm-hmm. I truly am grateful for my colleagues and I'm grateful for my clients. And I'm very curious um, about the properties at, that I sell, as well as the needs of my clients. Like I really take on that for lack of a better word, like emotional burden, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine the space, how they're going to use the space, how they're going to enjoy the space. Will it really work right for their family? Not just today, but for like the next seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say those are probably my two biggest pieces of advice. Well, and I think that our okay. audience has to be like, okay, every single successful person you have on your podcast tells yes. us be consistent, like literally every single great, one. So great business. Yep. Yes. That's it's so wise. Yep. You've got your head on straight girl. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And oh, All right. Let's one. Okay. This is so, so big for any woman. Well, 
I shouldn't say that any person in real estate, real mm -hmm. estate is a family business. If your spouse doesn't support you, you can't do it. Mm -hmm. There are times that you're like, Hey, I've got to walk away from the dinner table. We're out to dinner. I've got to walk away and take a phone call. Or, you know what, can you please take the kids? I need to go do this because I find that the people in this business that struggle are the ones whose spouses don't appreciate or support mm -hmm. I know that's always so sad to see. I know. I hate seeing mm -hmm. that. It's heartbreaking because you know that you can't conduct your best <laughs> self at business when you know that you're, you, you don't have that partnership at home. Mm -hmm. It's the worst. Yeah. I'm glad you recognize that as well. Hey, we're going to play a game with you. Want to hear it? Oh, great. <laughs> I'm, excited. I'm excited. I'm so excited. It's, it's easy. It's She's easy. curious. I'm so curious and excited. Okay. So it's easy. All we do is say, we'll, we'll say a word or a phrase and you say whatever pops in your mind. Okay. Okay. Ready? Mm -hmm. Growing means being uncomfortable and okay with it. I have a silly one. Pumping is. <laughs> Uh, time to rest. <laughs> oh, time out. That's a really good perspective. You are very optimistic. Do you know when I used to work for Angela, I had a newborn and I would have to pump in the back room. And I literally remember I was prospecting while I was pumping. I'm like, this is such a waste of time. I can't just sit here. <laughs> no. Pumping is time to work and rest. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my husband, I was like, I can't do all three at once. I can't watch kids pump and work, but I could do two at one time. That's yes, right. That's totally. Right. Well, it's been awesome having Absolutely. you on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being willing to come on and share all of your knowledge and your experience and, and things that are going on in your life. We really appreciate it. Yeah, this was a pleasure to meet you. And, and again, such an honor. Thank you both. You're welcome. Angela Fazio is an industry powerhouse who has overseen 40,000 homes sold and 9 billion in production. And Kristen Kentrell is one of the nation's most accomplished team leaders, helping thousands of agents build their businesses. They are passionate about educating, encouraging, and empowering moms in real estate. Our next episode starts now.